Good morning, this is Martin and welcome to Good Grief. This is season three. Um, the first of uh, another series of eight episodes on my podcast called Good Grief by Martin, 100 days. And uh, what started out as a 100 day challenge has taken me on quite a, quite a journey of um, creative projects, which have included this podcast. Um, illustrations, poems, stories ending in the word fuck (laughs) and um, I guess a a little bit of an investigative project as well which I've sort of taken on which is to understand the grief process in a totally different way so through uh, out this journey since the 1st of April 2020 when Buster, my son, passed away um, We've experienced uh, extreme levels of grief and sorrow, and um, I've explained in the early episodes the uh, effect that it had on myself and uh, my uh, ability to process things, and I guess the way it affected my brain is really what I'm trying to say. Um, So in the early days, and I'm talking about immediately after, you're in a, an absolute haze where nothing seems important and you're, you're in a bit of a quiet place. Obviously, you're extremely sad. and um, But it's like part of your brain has just ceased to operate. So the, the, the part of your brain that needs to calculate things or, or, or read and comprehend documents, um, strategize, get organized, is really quite limited. And so the, the what I did, I just went surfing. I just bailed. I, I left my job. Um, I couldn't cope with anything that was aggressive by way of communication. Any threats to me, I just walked away. Um, I found my tolerance to communicate with other people was really limited and it was a really strange experience. I basically isolated. Uh, I had three months off work, or actually nine weeks, sorry, and um, then getting back to work was quite a challenge. Um, I did say though that it's like you have a bit of a superpower and that your bullshit meter is on high alert. You communicate with people very differently because I guess the severity of the, you know, losing a child paints everything else quite insignificant by comparison. I guess what we don't intend to do is to, you know, you're not trying to get points on grief, you know, uh, a worse situation than somebody else. You don't compare it like that. It doesn't mean to land like that, but everything does seem pretty lame. I just, uh, you know, you can't help it. But that's not to say that someone else's sorrow is not equally um, severe. Uh, it's just how it makes, made me feel. All right, so now we are nearly two years down the line. We've had so many things happen in relation to Buster's passing and I'm talking about now 
multiple projects around his legacy uh, in his name, football tournaments, um, sticker bombs, you know, just be a good friend, sticker bombs. There, there were 300 stickers produced and I keep seeing them all over the place on the back of cars and in lifts in the city, down the beaches, people putting them around. I've put loads out there. And um, there's the uh, the big wall down at Lenshira Reserve. Just be a good friend with a picture of Buster and his dog. And um, uh, City of Coburn put on a concert as part of their Coogee Live uh, event uh, in Buster's name. And it just goes on and on. The other day we had our second um, Buster Boat Cup. And now seeing the boys in this team really knocked, knocked me. Um, you know, my son was 14. <coughs> he was uh, going through puberty. He was pretty tall and um, growing fast and starting to develop. But here we are nearly two years down the line. In fact, it'll be two years next month. Um, and his teammates are men now. And so seeing them was really confronting. And it's sent me back in a bit of a spiral of sadness. And um, uh, as my grief counselor tells me that you will re you know, revert back to that extreme levels of grief that you experienced in the early days, but your recovery is quicker. So where am I going with all this? So I did mention in a previous podcast that I picked up a book by Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. And um, basically, it's, uh, she, she had a, a stroke. She's a neuroscientist, studies the brain. And over a period of, um, I think it was 20 minutes, she watched from within herself, her brain shut down. And what shut down for her was the left side of her brain, which is the analytical, it's the thinking side, it's the ego side, it's the sense of self, it's the worry, it's, it's the functioning side of your brain. Now the right side of your brain, and I'm putting it in really simple terms, is bliss, it's love, it's euphoric, it's um, a sense of self being part of something greater. Now the left side, you define where your self starts and ends. So you've got a body, you know, you've got humour, um, you've got you've got past, you've got future, you know, you can think in those terms. So when I was explaining how it was hard for us to um, process things, you know, obviously what happens in the early stages of grief, well, early, fuck, two years in, it's it's not definitely not sorted, I promise you. Um, but that left side is damaged, and um, I guess that's what I'm understanding is what's happened is the left side of my brain was traumatised and um, and it continues to be and um, depending on what stimulates it 
uh, I revert back and lose those cognitive powers. And um, so I wanted to take you through a really simple journey of explanation as I start to understand more about it. Um, you know, we're seeing it in our family with uh, my daughter with her schooling where she's struggling to um, study and uh, absorb things. It becomes quite overwhelming. And um, Zoe, uh, Buster's mum, and uh, Millie's mum has uh, also suffered extreme experiences of what I'm talking about right now, as of probably many others that are going through extreme grief of, of whatever type it is, whatever's caused it. So, what do I know and how to remedy this? Well, you can, I guess, put a bit of a stick in the spokes by stopping, breathing, pausing, and short-cutting that experience that you're having, which is a, a cellular re reaction, by all accounts. So if I walk into a room, I react to something, then my brain sees there's a problem, it reminds me of what's happened, and then it shuts down. Or I go into fear, or, you know, was it fight or flight? That's a natural reaction for your brain. It's what cavemen were doing, you know, when they were getting attacked by a fucking dinosaur or whatever you call it. <laughs> um, so if I hit a moment, my thing is to stop, Take a big deep breath, try and relax, and then breathe. And then, in theory, my recovery should start, should feel a little bit better, and then reset. Now, just referring to the right side of the brain, if I use the example of prayer or meditation, when we do that, uh, surfing's a good example for as well um, when you pray or when you meditate when you catch a wave you are in that moment you are not thinking beyond that moment you are not drifting off thinking about your shopping list or what you're going to do at work you're you're really in now and that is totally right brain that's why it feels so calm over there you know, there's a term that I hear that, you know, the uh, school of calm, which is when people go to therapy groups or 12-step programs and they come out relaxed because they stop thinking about operating and they're just in that moment listening. And that moves everything out of that left side into the right side, I believe. That's how it works. So, laughter's right brain. When you laugh, you're just, you're laughing, you know? And um, I think, um, I was gonna say swimming, that experience when you just drift off, when you're just floating in that water, that probably produces a similar thing, although I know your mind does wander. <clears throat> but I'm not sure about that one, so probably best leave that aside. Anyway, uh, this was a little bit serious, this one, wasn't it? It wasn't meant to uh, um, 
be heavy, but I'm, I'm really trying to understand it in layman's terms how this all works. Over the process of this um, series, I hope to have a much better understanding on it and, and be able to explain it a little bit better and hopefully make this a bit interesting for people that might be um, uh, going through something similar. Because this is a really fucked up space to be in. When you're in it, you just don't know what's going on. It's like you're broken and your brain doesn't work. Your functions are really challenged. And what usually is a normal thing to to do becomes really hard. I'm forgetting names all the time and um, how to do things. I can't remember the simplest of things. And it's annoying. So I'm just getting my head around all this. So anyway, good grief by Martin, 100 days. This is a creative project that I've been doing now since um, before Christmas 2021. And we are now about to, uh, well, we're nearly in April. We're actually mid-March at the moment, to be honest. But uh, that's not far away. So um, big ups, have the best day. Who do I want to give a shout out to? Oh, Amano Sports. Now, Amano Sports is down off Stock Road. They're probably one of the best sports shops that I know. Stock Road in, oh, I don't even know, is it O'Connor? Around there, and um, they've got everything. Amano's have been amazingly supportive to all the things that we've been involved with around the football. Any fundraisers, they've donated sporting goods, prizes and um, I took my son Buster there on his very last shopping trip to buy some sporting attire, you know, like tracky pants and t-shirts and runners, that sort of thing. I used to buy my goalkeeping gloves there, so big ups to Amano Sports. I always give a shout out to um, Pastor Addiction, my favourite pastor place in Frio. Uh, my buddy Stu Campbell, Mr. Wallpaper, uh, Ambient Paints is Ian Campbell. They're both the Ferrari of decorators if you need a hand. Give us a yell on Facebook, hit me up on Messenger. Otherwise have the best day.